0: And here we go. Everybody's here. Hey, Barbara. Hey, Colleen. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Oh, my goodness. Sorry. The sound is loud. I am just excited, so I'm talking very loud. (laughs) Okay, so um, thank you guys for joining today. And like I said, today's a very exciting episode because our guest, uh, Wilson McCartney, as I mentioned before, I'm a big fan of his work. And uh, it's going to be incredible. We're going to get to take a look at everything today. But today, what we want to talk about is sharks. Now, a lot of us, Sally, hey, Mom, <laughs> glad, glad to see you on here today, too. Thanks for joining. Um, and as my mom knows, I love sharks, and we always talk about this, kind of, because she says, well, you know, um, but they want to eat me. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that a little bit today. Hey, Amy. And uh, there's Amy's Amy's in. Amy works with uh, Fin Free in uh, D.C. and Baltimore area, trying to stop the fin trade and stop fins from being uh, sold, purchased, and consumed all throughout the US. Hey Aunt Betsy, my Aunt Betsy's here too. Nice to see you. Thanks for joining in today and I'm glad Aunt Betsy's here because she's in the Midwest and you'd think well why would sharks matter which actually is fantastic because it brings me to my quote of the day by Dr. Sylvia Earle and if you're not familiar with Dr. Sylvia Earle check out the documentary Mission Blue or uh, you can read. I, I love her books. Um, they're incredible. So uh, anyway Sylvia Earle says, everybody has the capacity to do something. Even if you never have the chance to see or touch the ocean, the ocean touches you with every breath you take, every drop of water you drink, every bite you consume. Everyone, everywhere, is inextricably connected to and utterly dependent upon the existence of the sea. So, it's a very beautiful quote, and I think it's a very important quote, because the ocean regulates our temperatures, it regulates our CO2. It does so much for us. And it says things that we don't even notice. Uh, Hey, Andrea's here. Hey, Andrea, thank you for tuning in and uh, glad to have you here. And, uh, oh, Grady loves sharks, great. Okay, well, he's gonna love this episode too. Well, parts of it, you might not want to talk to him about other parts. (laughs) So sharks are really extraordinary. You know, for me personally, on a personal level, when I had my first very serious surgery, uh, I was down for about six months, couldn't, couldn't walk or anything and I ended up um, spending all my time studying and learning about sharks and thinking when, when I get back up if I can ever do it again I'm going to go uh, swim with them and I'm going to go protect them because they're very misunderstood. Um, you know and lucky, luckily to say the path has taken me in, the, in that way and uh, I've had a great opportunity to be able to interact with different sharks and um, there's still so many more to see and do so you know the, the thing about them is they're very misunderstood um, for example in the US on average one person dies each year from a shark bite uh, now there are approximately between maybe 50 to 100 reported interactions with sharks meanwhile humans kill about 100 million sharks a year uh, now on the bright side of things there's over 350 species of sharks just imagine that's incredible that is a huge variety and sharks live everywhere from the deepest part of the ocean to the the closest bit to shore um, and most people think oh no that's very frightening because now i'm going to be near sharks um, but in fact over 80 percent of the sharks are under five feet long and you never even see them they're terrified of us i've been diving before and had little teeny sharks that are Maybe uh, 9, 10 inches just sitting on my hand resting. Beautiful. They're beautiful creatures. Um, Ninety, But the problem is 90% of the sharks worldwide are gone due to overfishing and fin harvesting. Now, this is a huge problem. First, I want to say hey to Michelle. Thank you. I'm glad to see you back here today. And Coralie, always nice to see you on the show. And uh, Vivian, I'm glad to see you on as well. Kiora over in New Zealand and um, you know you guys do a lot of uh, shark protection whereas Australia well they do a lot of shark culling so we have there's always there's always work for conservationists no doubt um, so you know the sharks okay the, the thing we understand is sh- we're not on the menu sharks do not eat us sharks are looking for the sick the dying and the dying and the dead in the ocean they're the white blood cells of the ocean they swim around purely looking for, for example, if there's a huge pack of, of seals going, um, then what they'll do is they'll look for the one seal that's really sick or, or you know, old or dying or dead, and they'll eat that one. Because the, the ironic thing is the sharks are the perfect apex predator, and at the same time, they're very clumsy hunters. And you can see that in a lot of of things. They they have amazing skills to go in, but very often they don't get the seals that they're going for. And so it's very difficult for them at the moment also. Uh, Barbara, I'm surprised there are sharks in the oceans, human or parasites. Yes. You know, Barbara, it's um, it's sad because there is a lot of, of uh, unfortunately, the ones that are out there are being targeted. Now they're being targeted mostly for shark fin soup, which this is a shark that I took a shot of um, over in the Philippines and it had been you can see this is the body where the, the fin had been removed so they take the fins hey Elena thanks for joining today um, they take the fins and they'll use it for these traditional soups now uh, I'm going to show some video that's a little, a little disturbing and I want to show everybody what happens with these shark fins and what we're seeing here is uh, and now this video I have to say um, This video is from david mcguire of shark stewards used as courtesy by him and this is some horrible video that he was managed to catch overseas and uh, this is the way that that it works you know um basically the fins are worth a lot now the meat's not really worth much because you've got to remember that most shark meat is filled with mercury um you know when you've got all this mercury and all these things leaching into the oceans now then what we're finding is that um as each grows bio-magnification. Piece of the movie. And, uh, th- sorry, that footage is just, phew, the footage is really hard to watch. Um, thank you. First of all, I want to say thank you to Shark Stewards and I want to say thank you to David McGuire for going over there and putting your camera there and showing us what's really happening because the more we can see it, the more we can understand it, the more we can be called to stop it because this is something that's easily stopped. Um, and there have been efforts around the world and when our guest comes on here in about 15 minutes We're going to talk to him about how they're trying to stop shark finning right now in Florida um, And how it's going and and some of the opposition that's going to be happening through there now Unfortunately, that is one of the, the problems now, you know, sometimes they'll take these sharks and they will um, They will sadly I'm going to show you guys some shots from the markets um, and these are the sharks, you know These are these are the ones that have been landed with um with their fins but very often what they'll do is uh sorry where is this here we go very often what they'll do is i'll just show you guys a few more here the numbers that they're pulling out and then they're going to cut all the fins off and then be able to really not do much with the meat um and the numbers are staggering you know again 90 percent of all sharks are gone uh, now the reason, the main reason behind it, there is bycatch, there's always bycatch. Bycatch is, is definitely an issue and many sharks are caught with bycatch, but the problem is, is that um, when they, when that happens, um, they are still finned and then removed. So I wanted to sh- share with you all a video that I shot over in the Philippines. Now this is when I was working with Earth Race and we were with the Navy SEALs special ops teams and we were actually boarding illegal fishing vessels. And this one, just to give you guys an idea, this is a a Philippine vessel. We're out in the middle of the ocean and Vietnamese boats have come in and basically gone in. Now you can see the body of the shark here. Um, And what they do is uh, they they chop it up. Um, Let's see, come back in here. Here we go. So you get to see the body. And you know, this is the problem. They've gutted it. You can see all the fins have been removed. And a lot of times fishermen will just land these things that look like, um, you know, they're, they're hard to tell. You don't know what the species was. You don't know exactly anything about it. So by the time it gets to this point, it's really difficult for regulation, which is why finning regulation is so important. Um, now this this fin, and you can see the top, there's that video piece again, and that's what it looks like when it's been removed from the body. Uh, very often the sharks are alive when this happens and they actually will, Kick the shark i'm not going to show you guys video of this but they'll actually fin them while they're alive and then push them back off the side of the boat and the sharks then try to swim and um, suffocate at the bottom of the ocean you know it's hard to gain sympathy for sharks because in our popular imagination people are very terrified of sharks uh, and the reason is we we use this term incorrectly we use uh hey sherry thanks for joining Um, Thank you and thank you. I really appreciate it. I always like to see you on the show here with us, Um, but I wanted to to just send out a a personal plea. If everyone can stop using the word shark attack Um, Discovery Channel Shark Week gets everybody all riled up. But in fact, there are no attacks. It's not intentional. We're not on the menu. They're on our menu and they need our help. We attack them. Again, under 100 people are bit by sharks and over 100 million sharks are killed every year by humans. So, you know, we're, we're, we've, how do you say this? We, we've, we've seen this sort of in the wrong light and we need to rethink how we're thinking about sharks now. Um, they're actually a very important part of the ecosystem. Again, they're not out to eat us and we need to learn more about them because as our populations grow, And there's dwindle and their food supplies dwindle and the oceans are dying and they're looking for more food. We're going to have more human shark interactions. So we need to know what to do because there are ways that we can avoid interactions. And there are things that we should learn about them um, to understand them instead of just fear them. That's the key is if we can learn more about them, we won't fear them quite so much. And we'll stop saying shark attack, please. It's not an attack. They're exploratory bites. They don't have hands. So when they see something, they bite it. And I know sometimes that can turn in uh, fatal and it's very, very tragic when that does happen, but it's not intentional. And again, it's not a shark attack attack. The shark's not like, get him, you know, um, it's basically like, is this a seal gross? This is, I don't want to eat this. And then he swims away. Most shark bites are one bite. Very rarely does a shark go back for a second bite. So I just want to give you all a very strong basis of, of, you know, where the the basics of what the sharks are facing in the world right now and what I want to do though now is defer to our our guest today Wilson McCourtney and what I want to do is uh, Wilson was nice enough to send over a video uh, for us to play so I'm gonna share that with everybody right now and then when we come back from watching the video we'll talk to Wilson live and remember uh, for everybody that's just joining us for the first time today you can write your questions in your comments on Facebook you can do it on YouTube and they will pop up here on the screen so you have a wonderful opportunity to speak with Wilson or ask uh, you know uh, me questions and I want everybody to be involved Camilla says uh, Chris thanks to be witnesses yeah it's you know uh, Camilla it's very difficult you know um, a lot of times especially when when it comes to the you know the shark finning um, stuff it's it's difficult and it's difficult because you know there's also the aspect of um, of fishing and we're going to actually get into that when we when we get back uh when we talk to wilson so here i'm going to go ahead and pop this video on and we'll be right back with our special guest
1: in Sarasota, Florida, and I just basically spent a lot of time on the water with my dad, and we would always see dolphins, manatees, and um, I would visit Moat Marine Laboratory, which was founded by Eugenie Clark as a kid, and I just was always fascinated by sharks, and um, I had a deep love for the ocean, you know, and uh, I would go down to the Florida Keys and snorkel and be on the reef and see sharks and fish, and it just captivated my heart. So I kind of uh, was trying to find my way in the world through, all throughout my 20s as a filmmaker, and I sort of came out of that fog when I turned 30, and I had to sort of take a deep look at what I really wanted to do with life, and, um, you know, wildlife, you know, stole my heart from the beginning, so I, I really um, kind of got, decided to, you know, put all my attention into being a wildlife filmmaker and being a conservationist and trying to uh, fight for these beautiful, majestic animals and uh, it has landed me in a really beautiful spot where I get to film sharks quite often and uh, spend a good amount of time in the ocean and uh, sort of fight for them on the back end. People are terrified of sharks. I'd say 90% of the general population are just, they think I'm insane when I show them my shark video or some of my footage. They go, how? You weren't in a cage. I don't understand what's happening. You guys are petting the sharks. This can't be real. And I'm like, you know what, Um, first and foremost, sharks are really beautiful, majestic creatures. They're not ferocious man-eaters. Like you said, we're not on their menu. And in fact, they're very, very intelligent, and they're calculated, but they also thrive on um, human interaction. So when you're actually underwater with sharks, and you have good visibility, and they can see you, and there's no... um, about the fact that then they open up and they just sort of swim around you and they actually come up for a little like you know you pat them on the back or you know rub their fin as you see in this video and they're not all they're actually just really beautiful creatures that I'm lucky enough to spend some time with Mm -hmm. so it's just trying to uh, make that paradigm shift in people's minds Um, but you know we've had a lot of issues with the movie jaws and um, these shark attacks that are happening on beaches people are just really really scared and um, you know like you said we need a new term the shark attack and one of my good friends Jim Abernathy taught me to say shark mistake these are mistakes it's just an accident a lot of these sharks that are you know accidentally hitting people on the beach are younger sharks they're more inexperienced the, the water's murky they don't really know that you're not on their menu and so they go in to investigate and they take a little bite and sometimes it could be a really bad outcome and that's unfortunate but that's just part of um, the growing population as more and more people are on the planet there's more people on the beach and we're in their backyard and these things will happen but like you said um we're eradicating sharks so fast it Mm -hmm. makes my head spin you know shark populations are down 90 percent we kill over a hundred million sharks a year. That is insane. Yeah. So, um, compared to a hundred people that may die a year from, or you know, not even die, like a hundred people that are bit by, by a shark a million mm-hmm. that killing for the fin trade and other issues, um, you know, we're gonna have a really, really big problem uh, coming up when all the sharks are gone from the ocean because they keep it in balance. balance. And they're just integral to the ecosystem. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people sort of miss is
0: the 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 point that they are, you know, like we kind of mentioned earlier, the white blood cells. You know, they work with the the ocean. The ocean was designed for them. You know, uh, not for us so yeah. much. We're lucky to to visit. You know, those of us that, that choose to dive yeah. in there. Uh, but you know, it really it's it's set up for them to be perfect. You know, predators. Um, what, you know, what do you fear if, if this continues at this rate, you know, um, how do you see the ecosystem itself? Um, you know, tipping the balance.
1: Sure. Sure. So first of all, um, I'd like to say that sharks have been on this planet for 400 million years. There was literally sharks in the ocean before there were trees on the planet. Okay. Think about that for a second. Sharks were here before trees. Okay, so these are some of the most best evolved creatures that we have. So they've been around a really, really long time. They've survived over five mass extinctions, Now they're going through the sixth, which is human um, you know, finning and, and fishing. And um, I think that a world without sharks is going to be really, really scary. I mean, they are the lifeblood of the ocean. They are sort of the police of the ocean. They go in and they prey on the weak, the sick, and the dying and they keep everything in check. So basically, without sharks, seals' behavior will change, fish' behavior will change, turtles' behavior will change, and that will affect the evolutionary process of all these marine animals. And, um, you know, we really, really need sharks in our oceans to keep it happy and healthy. I don't know what it will look like, we don't know, but it's coming, and it's coming like a freight train. So we need to really protect these animals and stop the fin trade. So I was going to say, yeah, that's
0: that's one thing we can really do right here on land is is try to fight back and stop this terrible fin trade. The video um, that you know the, the, uh, that the we played earlier, uh, I know is a little disturbing for everybody that David McGuire had shot from, again, from Shark Stewards. Thank you, David. That video yeah. gives us a horrible, brutal, realistic, honest look at what these sharks face every day. Some that are alive, some that are dead. You know, it just breaks... I, I, I remember just being struck when yeah. I learned that they did it while they were still alive and then sent them back in yeah. to die. And
1: uh, it's there's it's... other videos that um hmm. show a shark, you know, getting his fins cut off and then dumped back in the ocean with no fins on it. That's actually the scarier video because you just slowly watch him drown to the bottom and just like hit the bottom and then yeah. flail out. And it that that is a really depressing video. I think a guy Sean Heinrich shot that one, and that hit me so hard when I saw that. Yeah. Um, So So yeah. For the fin trade, let's let's talk right now. I mean, a lot of people
0: might not even know. Uh, Real quick, I want to say, hey, Vicky, thanks for joining us. Vicky Palmer, another um, big water advocate down in Florida. I see a lot of people from Florida here today. Wilson joining, so I think this is great. Um, Yeah. that's that's Hey, Camilla, thanks for Camilla says we invade their environment. We need a complete re-education starting with children we must remove this mindset and stop eating fish by catching them in error as bycatch. um and Mil- and camilla i think that's actually a great point you know we need to re-educate and that's you know one of the aspects um that i'm excited about that uh that w- that wilson's working on is st- trying to stop the fin trade so wilson may people may not be familiar with it you know it's almost an invisible problem that's visible right within our own culture. Could you kind of help us understand what's happening around us and what what your efforts are to to make that stop?
1: Sure, so the market's being driven by uh, Asia and China specifically for the consumption of shark fin soup, which first I just want to say is a pretty tasteless, odorless uh, bowl of poison, okay? Now, when I say a bowl of poison, I mean that since sharks are the predators, they eat all the smaller fish on the food chain. So by the time they consume all those little fish, shark meat is actually so full of mercury and other just toxins that it's a really bad idea to even eat Mm -hmm. shark in general, a filet or a shark fin soup. So um, it's a cultural thing with China, you know, Um, it's a delicacy. It's a status we've been driving the fin trade for, I'd say, at least the past 30, 40 years. And what's happening is um, a lot of sharks are being caught in Latin and Central America. Mm. They're being finned and then they're being shipped um, to the United States to be put on an airplane and flown to China. So inadvertently, United States, even though we don't fin that many sharks ourselves, we allow the ports to be open to trade and sell these fins. So that's what we're trying to fight against right now here in the state of Florida, because Miami, he's, he's become the new hub for the fin, for the fin trade, and um, it's gotten out of control. So basically, what's happened is, um, historically, there has been a big game of whack-a-mole, okay? So first, Hawaii decided to ban the import and export of fins, so that shut down that port. Then it moved to California, where LA became the port Then California caught wind of it and said, we don't want to be involved in any of that heinous practice. We're going to shut down our port, too. Then it moved to Texas, and Texas decided we don't want any involvement either. They shut it down. Then it all moved to Miami, and I'd say for the past, you know, three, four, five years, Miami has now been a huge hub. And so we – I myself teamed up with Shark Allies and our fearless leader, Stephanie Brendel, should take the lion's share of all this credit because she is a warrior on the front lines um, in and out of this political process, pushing the bills. So I tagged along as a worker bee for Shark Allies and that's where I learned all the ins and outs of what we can do do to pass this piece of legislation that will be historical for the state and end up saving millions of sharks around the world. So as it stands right now, Um, We have two bills running simultaneously, one in the House and one in the Senate, and um, the House bill passed unanimously, all three committees pretty much, and now we're waiting on the third and final Senate bill, and they will pick whichever bill is the strongest, make up maybe a little amendment to it, and then hopefully if all those things go through and pass, they'll put it on uh, Governor Ron DeSantis' desk for him to sign. And at that whether or not we have successfully outlawed the import and export of shark fins here in the state of Florida, which we will all be jumping up and down for because we've been working tirelessly on this for the past, past months. Um, we've been writing emails, we've been calling senators, we've been driving to Tallahassee to attend these meetings to speak up on behalf of sharks. And basically there's a just a massive loophole. So um, back in 2000, Bill Clinton signed the Shark Finning Prohibition Act, which basically banned the, you know, the, the act of finning, but there was a bunch of loopholes with that too. So hmm. the, the finning practice was still sort of going on. And um, back in 2012, Florida made it illegal to um, go out to sea on your boat, fin a shark, and just bring home the fins. So what was happening is a lot of people were finning sharks, and we weren't able to identify these sharks. Mm. So it's really an identification issue. So we didn't know if they were endangered hammerheads or if they were blacktips or, you know, silkies, duskies, whatever. So basically Florida stepped in and said, okay, well, if you want a shark fin, you have to land the animal whole. You have to bring it to port. And currently, in the law, it states that each vessel is allowed two sharks per boat per day. So that has been the massive loophole hmm. in the sense that you can still sell those fins once you bring the whole animal back and cut the fins off. You're allowed to sell them. So just by saying that you're allowed to sell those fins, it opened up the port of Miami to be a hub for the import-export of fins, all of which were coming from Latin America. About. 20 days ago, we just had the biggest uh, shark fin bust in Miami, in the port of Miami. There was 1,400 pounds of wow. fins that were seized by the FNIs. Wow! So this isn't just something happened three or four years ago. This was like two weeks ago. Yeah. So it's still ramped up. Um, a lot of the fins are, you know, like I said, come from Latin America. And we just have to make sure that we pass this law so that we shut down the ports. Um, unfortunately, you know, with this thing, like I said, it's a game of whack-a-hole. Even if Florida, Florida shuts down Miami, it might pop up in Atlanta, Georgia, or wherever, somewhere in, you know, on the Georgia coast, who knows. So, but all we can do right now is to put our foot down and say that Florida does not want any involvement in the shark fin trade. Um, and so far, we've just been getting a little bit of pushback from some of the commercial mm. fishermen who are basically, you know, just financially suffering and they don't want any more regulations put on them. A lot of these guys are like shrimpers and stuff in the panhandle, and they have bycatch. And you know, if they if they need to, you know, land a shark and sell a couple fins here just to make some money to put food on their table, they don't want us to um, take that ability away from them, right? So their their whole argument is basically this: uh, it's too bad that things are happening in China. It's too bad the sharks are getting killed, but please don't regulate us because we need to put food on the table. we're saying look i'm sorry um we're going to go right over your head because you know we can't allow any import and export of shark fin shark fins because it's destroying the ocean and we need these animals to keep up
0: that's you know that that's great to hear that because it's important to to know that there are these two sides you know and it's very difficult because a lot of the fishermen you know they're they're not intentionally trying to cause a lot of harm, but it is a financial kind of pressure. So to, to be able to work with yeah. them is, you know, is a, is is got to be very important as everything moves forward. And hopefully they can find a way yeah. to align their interests. You know, I know that a lot of um, the fishermen in Florida were very innovative in, in using uh, new releases so that turtles could get through their their nets. Uh, and they generally have been some of the most open fishermen to trying to advance things to, you know, in, with the eyes of conservation. Yeah. So hopefully, These aren't know.
1: bad people. They're okay. just trying to make ends meet, you know, and um, they're basically saying to us, please don't penalize us for what's going on in China. That's beyond our control. We need to do what we got to do to have sustainable shark fisheries here in Florida and uh you know to help put food on the table for our family and we're saying yeah we hear you but unfortunately just because we're allowing people to land a whole shark two per day per boat is also allowed 88,000 fins in 2017 were seized in Miami that's the biggest amount of fins on record and guess what those are just the fins that were caught Hmm. what about all the fins that went right under the radar so that could be you know, a couple hundred thousand fins every year. You know that we just don't know about. So a lot of this is um, black market. A lot of this is underground, and we just don't have the numbers or the, the manpower to count all the fins. All we know is that Miami is the new hub. That's for sure, and that it needs to be shut down. And we're going to close this loophole and have a big victory for sharks and all go on a massive shark dive and <laughs> be happy and smile with pets and sharks and hang
0: out. That's the way to celebrate. And you know, and Jupiter. Florida is very famous for having some of the best shark diving in the world and where you can see some of the most amazing sharks, some of the most famous footage that everybody always sees, you know, uh, involve, I think, um, you know, right in Jupiter and you, Jim Abernathy and all of you guys. And I do want to say Stephanie (laughs) Brendel, uh, she is a force to be reckoned with. She runs Shark Allies. She's amazing. Uh, She's a friend of mine. And uh, for those who aren't familiar with her uh, she actually uh, was on Shark Tank and took Mark Cuban shark diving to sort of get uh, everybody a little bit less afraid of getting in the water with sharks. Because that, that's the big first moment, you know, and everyone thinks, well, oh, you're going to jump in and they're going to start eating you. But um, Stephanie works tirelessly to change the image of sharks and also to stop finning. Um, so she's another one of my eco heroes. And uh, I was always hoping to maybe get her on the show yeah. one day. But she's so busy.
1: Yeah, she's <laughs> I haven't crazy. really been able to. Do yeah, that. she's crazy. she she had a hand in um, passing this bill in all those states. So, she's just incredible. And I'd like to give a shout out to the other girls on her team team that are just incredible. Uh, Jamin, Shara, and Cassandra Scott. I mean, I've been taking direction from them, and they are just you know so passionate about this cause. And um, there's a lot of people working on this behind the scenes, and I'm just one of the lucky few that tagged along and uh, sort of documented the story for my future documentary called Fighting for Sunshine, which is about saving Florida wildlife and protecting our planet.
0: So I was gonna say, um, you know, that's that's actually, that's fascinating. And I wanted to talk to you about that because I know that you've been shooting and working on the documentary. So, um, and you know, with being somebody that's grown up in Florida and watched the change over all these years, uh, you know, what, what Sort of what aspects are you trying to capture, or what you know? What brought you to this documentary? And uh, tell us a little bit more about which what, you, what you've been shooting with that.
1: Yeah, so um, I've just been following my heart as far as which stories have been inspiring me, and I really wanted to make a film that was a celebration celebration of nature and just show people all the biodiversity that we have here in Florida and why it's so special and why. It- And that's taken me along the journey with the shark fin bill and also the clean water movement because I was deeply affected and super emotional about the red tide outbreak in 2018 that washed onto our beaches here in Sarasota, where I'm from. And so um, it's just a story about me growing up as a Floridian and all the conservation stories that have, um, you know, stolen my heart over the past few years and sort of try and show people what's worth protecting and why and why Florida is so special with all the different uh, various forms of wildlife that we have. Beautiful.
0: I, you know, when I was down there, I was amazed. There's just so much there between, you know the the east coast the west coast the everglades there are so many forms yeah. of of uh you know uh ecosystems in there it was really an incredible yeah. place so i'm very excited to hear more about the film and uh, i think i'm going to put a link down as soon as the as soon as the show ends and i'll make sure to put it on the audio versions as well so everybody can click on go check it out and keep up with wilson as well um now wilson i was curious yeah. for people that aren't too familiar with florida what are your main Actually, you know what? Before I ask you that, um, first I want to say hi to Tanya for joining us today. Thank you, Tanya, for being here with us. And Sherry, yes, uh, definitely. If you can, you know, follow everything Wilson does, he's he's right in the heart of it. And uh, Vicky Palmer said, "Wow, thank you, Wilson McCourtney, as well." Real quick, before I get to my next question, could you show us your tattoo? Oh yeah, let's take, let's take a look here. I got hammerhead score. I love around. that. Look at that. Yeah. Beautiful. It's kind of hard to see in the way. Fantastic. Yeah, I love sharks. See? look at that. <laughs> oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Sharks, the cameras,
1: <laughs> I'm all about.
0: And I like that because you, you have taken your passion and yeah. you can't stop. You know, you, you see something that needs to be said. You see nature in danger and it's just your instinct to jump in there and grab your camera and try to share it with everybody. And I know you've been working with, you know, Scott Wilson and you've been working with – all of the clean water movement and the pesticide issues that that, uh, Florida's
1: facing as well. Um, Yeah. So, you know. One of the the things I would like to to mention about the shark fin bill, Mm. too, before we blow past it, is Mm. that um, we're not only saving sharks with this bill, we're saving our diving tourism industry, okay? Mm -hmm. So there's over $220 million in revenue every year that's brought in from basically sharks for the diving tourism industry people fly around all over the world to come to florida to see sharks and if we keep finning and allowing them to be wiped off the face of the planet we'll lose all of our revenue from that dives from those dive resources so um it's really a story about saving sharks our our diving tourism industry industry and um how much more money it generates than people do uh, allowing commercial fishermen just to catch a few fins here and there. And that's a great point, by the way. You know,
0: uh, they, that that is a big thing where a lot of places where they're running into endangered animals or they're running into major issues is to try to re-educate and go towards ecotourism dollars instead of yes. just direct industry or extraction dollars. You know, and I think that's that's a great point. I mean, like I am saying, Jupiter, Florida is world famous. You know, when I first started diving... That's all everybody said. You got to go to Florida, go see the sharks or go to the caves, um, you know, but I, I've always Jupiter is actually a place I've never been able to dive. And so it's still on my you know, top list because it's it's really some of the most incredible uh, interacting areas.
1: Yeah, you know? it's the shark highway. OK, it's because of the Gulf Stream mm-hmm. runs right through there and we have fresh water coming in through the Atlantic. And the sharks, it's their highway, they love it. And it's good visibility, it's always pretty warm and it's super sharky and it's amazing. <laughs> I like the sound
0: of it. When I surf, I don't like to hear the word super sharky, but when I dive, I do. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what, um, so now in yeah. Florida, I'm really curious, what kind of sharks are there localized? Or you know, do you know what kind of sharks that the fishermen are targeting? And are any of those in the area around you guys endangered?
1: Yeah, um, we have a ton of sharks here in Florida, which makes it really fun and exciting. Um, we have a large black tip population, we have silkies, duskies, lots of bull sharks, uh, occasional tigers, um, hammerheads, and um, some reef sharks, obviously, down in the Keys. So um, there are, you know, a bunch of sharks that are on a list uh, CITES list that, um, need extra protection because we're just not seeing too many of them anymore. And, um, yeah, all sharks are important at this point. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, they all need our protection. Um,
0: Camilla wanted to say, make sure that Wilson knows we say well done. If you can't see the comments, uh, a lot of people are very excited about, Thanks. about
1: the work that you're doing yeah. there. And, um, awesome. So- so yeah amazing the podcast. list keeps changing you know eric mm. the list for the sharks that need, need extra protection keeps changing the mako shark just got put on the site's list so that was big and huge um blue sharks definitely need our need our help and um the great hammerhead so a lot there's another issue that's going on that is sort of parallel to this which is uh land-based shark fishing you know we're losing some sharks that way and that issue is extremely controversial because people want to come down here from Massachusetts or wherever they're from and they want a trophy hunt and they want to go on the beach beach, and land a massive shark mm. and get their photograph for Instagram. But by the time they push that shark back into the water, not many of them survive. So, you know, shark fishing from the beach is also a major, major issue. So it's, it is, it's
0: legal in Florida to, to do it from the beach. Like in California, they're allowed to just not great white.
1: Yeah. Well, I should hope not. <laughs> uh, I don't even know if we can catch a great way. But um, yeah, we, you know, the FWC just put stricter regulations on uh, what people can and can't do from the shore and from the pier. So that's great. But we've, we've been watching these horrific videos over the past 10 years of people just um, mishandling sharks. And then, unfortunately those a lot of those sharks they look big and ferocious but they don't survive that fight you know these fights can be two hours long for a big tiger shark and stuff and by the time uh these people stand on their head and pull their jaw back i don't know if you've seen the videos I Saw that most recent you know to send the it's like some frat boy mentality i don't understand it but by, but by the time they put the shark back a lot of those sharks don't survive so that's super sad and it's hard to watch but um You also don't want people chumming the waters right you know close to the beach do you want to take your kids to go swim at a beach where there's a bloody chum bucket 100 yards out past the buoy i don't think so sharks into a public place so that's hazardous um and also you know fishing them from a pier isn't great either because they're chumming all over the pier they have a ton of lines in the water they catch a fish and some of these piers are 50 to 100 feet up by the time they pull that shark all the way up that 50 to 100 feet and they take the hook out and they get their picture and they high five their buddy and then they take a swig of their beer and they throw it overboard that shark's not going to make it
0: you know i don't don't know if you guys we we have an issue here um uh, many years ago on the 4th of july just like the movie jaws uh, a friend of mine actually was um accidentally bit by a great white in manhattan beach and he was a swimmer his name was steve robles and he was swimming and there was a guy who was fishing off the pier and the problem was is he was targeting gray whites which are endangered and this is a great white nursery area and you know when they're first when they're yeah. younger what they do is they look down and they just eat skates raise things off the ground until they're old enough to learn how to be able to also hunt in an upward fashion so a lot of them are very much around us all the time but they're just staring at the bottom so this guy had his traps down at the bottom and caught it and then entangled the guys as he was swimming. He's like a long distance swimmer and the guy got bit by that. But that became a major issue um, out here because what we found is that people were fishing off the pier and then struggling and then taking them down and walking down to the beach where it was legal to land them um, and it was yeah. just this horrible loophole that they had found, kind of found a way to to get around. You know, there's certain string you're not allowed to use if it's too heavy because it's meant for certain types of bigger sharks. Um, we have kind of those regulations here, but yeah. it still doesn't stop, you know, the, these people. So I think, you know, I'm, I'm glad to hear that the the regulations are getting stronger because there needs to be, you know, more done. And And it comes back to that horrible idea of us wanting to tame this, you know, ferocious beast and, you know, people think it's you know, and if they only knew how um, to themselves and frightened and timid sharks are. I've been on shark diving expeditions around Catalina Island. Um, You know, we got to go with Ocean Ramsey and a few people and we couldn't even find any. And we were out there and we were in a very distant remote area. We were chumming. Sharks are so shy uh, that you're lucky if you ever get
1: to see one when you're in the water. Yeah. They have amazing sensory uh, built into their bodies and their system. So they'll come swim up to check you out. But other than that, they want to be left alone and, you know, on a scuba dive or something like that. So they're not seeking to, to hunt you out, you know, and they are shy in that way, for sure. Do you have a favorite shark
0: that you like to see when you're underwater?
1: Yeah, I love hammerheads. You know, hammerheads are my thing, you know my bucket list dive is to go to the Galapagos and see them schooling like that, you know, incredible. Yeah, me too. (laughs) And we may have to make that happen. That
0: sounds like a, yeah, that's an adventure. I would love to have Yeah, that and to go down to the Cocos.
1: um, Yeah. One thing I also, I'd like to mention is that, um, so by Oceana's report that there's a hundred million sharks per year that are dying. 70 million of those sharks are being sold and, transformed through the uh, fin trade. Mm. So that leaves 30 million sharks uncounted for. Mm. So where are those sharks and what are they doing? Where are they going? So one of my, my heroes um, this whole conservation world as far as filmmakers go is Rob Stewart. And so he's got an amazing, amazing film out called Shark Water Extinction and Shark Water. And unfortunately, we lost him in a really tragic yeah. dive situation uh, a couple years ago. But he touched on a really interesting fact that there's 30 million sharks that are uncounted for, and it's and he did a lot of research and under his uncoverings he found out that sharks are um, not only being sold for the fin trade, but they're being put into cosmetics and pet food. So, they are, um, you know, fishing sharks for their liver oil, mm. which people use for lipstick. And stuff like that so if women are out there and they're listening make sure when you're buying beauty products and cosmetics it's squalene free now it gets a little confusing because um, some of the squalene is plant-based but basically you just have to make sure that that squalene isn't being derived from shark oil and shark liver so Rob Stewart always said one of his his greatest quotes is people have no idea they're they're rubbing and smearing endangered super predators all over their face. So sharks are being caught and sold for other things besides just the fins, and uh, it looks like they're accounting for about 30 million of them are going into pet food and uh, cosmetics. Do you know if they, if and the shark, fish hmm. oil, sometimes fish oil like the supplement can be uh, straight shark oil, which is not good because that has a ton of mercury in it too. So be careful about some of these products that you're buying. They could be uh, filled with sharks if it says squalene. Squalene. Okay, that's
0: great to know. That is that. That's a tricky one. You know, that's that's true. Yeah. Some people look at the ingredients they just give up after the third word that makes no sense. You yeah.
1: Know, so. Well, they disguise it with a different name. They mm-hmm. would never put shark oil on it because you wouldn't use that lipstick on your lips, probably. And um, for pet food, that's right. There's a too. great girl. Name. So much. Yeah. Name. There's a there's an amazing girl named Shark Guardian Mel, who is friends with Rob, Rob Stewart, who is leading a campaign to get Mac to stop using uh, squalene in their lipstick. She has been successful with that, although I'd have to follow up.
0: Fantastic, oh, that's great. Yeah, i will have to check that out because that's, that, that's actually a very important aspect, you know? Um, and, and at the moment, it's hard to find websites that have a lot of resource on what to do. And again, I do want to tell everybody, go to sharkallies.com. Right? and that that yeah. is one of the best resources where you can learn all about sharks. You can watch incredible videos. There's a lot of educational material. And as we had said earlier, you know the re-education is the important part. And I like the Shark Allies works so hard to re-educate on a one-to-one level. And I like that you're out shooting documentary and shooting films, so you can help educate on also a larger level. Because you know without people like Rob Stewart, we wouldn't have known what was happening. Um, you know I remember his documentary really also inspired me to just stop doing what I was doing and try to make a difference. And he was one of, you know, shark water was one of the, um, one of the really pivotal films in that, you know, and, and, and especially to see the misunderstood aspects of it. And, you know, it just, it just kills me to see discovery continuing with shark week. And I mean, it's nice to see people get excited about sharks, but it's sad to see them get excited about the wrong aspects of them. I think there's a reverse, um, Uh, anthropomorphism of you know where what we do is we say well don't give them human personalities but then we give them what we like from our human personalities so that's why people use the word shark attack because they think it's a hunter and it's this big you know like this macho hunting thing but in fact it's kind of you know um, I think somewhat the opposite where they're very timid and they're just trying to eat and you know we've seen a lot of great videos where the sharks can't even get the seals and, uh, you know, they don't always yeah. succeed. So people have this big misconception of them and,
1: uh, you know, I, yeah, it's sensationalized as, yeah. you know, I, I love shark week too, because, um, some of those filmmakers and those cinematographers are my heroes, yeah. you know, Andy Casagrande and Joe Romero and those guys. Well, I, I always watch shark week and I, uh, DVR it. So I record it. But as soon as I see an episode on there about an attack, I immediately mm-hmm. delete it. I only watch the stuff with Andy Casagrande <laughs> and Joe Romero. So His work is great. Um, yeah. You just have to be. Yeah, once you're informed and you're well educated about the subject matter, you can kind of pick and choose what you're willing to digest. And, um, you know, sharks are an easy target, right? Mm-hmm. They are big and scary and they have these massive teeth in this historical context of being these man eaters. So. It's very easy for a network to pick up on sharks and sort of put them in this light where it's sensationalized and it will, you know, scare people and then they get good ratings because for whatever reason, humans have this morbid curiosity about shark attacks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's just the same thing as why, you know, the news channel will will show a, a horrific car accident on TV because people will stop and look. Mm-hmm. And it's a, kind of the same thing with sharks. That's a good point. You know, it's a very good point. But I'm going to continue to keep making these videos where I show the beauty of sharks and how majestic they are and how just, um, you know, they kind of like a little bit of human interaction and affection and how you can free dive with them with just a snorkel and some fins and be right there with them for hours and hours and at a time. And Nothing bad will happen to you. You know, that's my way of giving back and changing the 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 paradigm shift
0: I love that and watching the video that you shot you can see the love that you have for them in there You know it comes across through your lens you can see that Infatuation and you know just the absolute being drawn into the beauty of their motion. It really
1: is beautiful work It's amazing to be it's amazing to be in close proximity to an apex predator that's been here for 400 million years you know it just blows blows you away every time you're that close to a shark it's there's something so visceral and so exciting and electric and like a lightning bolt of you know just pure joy for me you know to be i just feel so grateful to be in the ocean with my camera and with those sharks and those amazing people that run those dive operations. Shout out to Shark Addicts, those guys are cool, and the Florida Shark Diving crew too out there in Jupiter, they all do great work where they, you know, drop people in the water with these sharks and um, one, one group at a time they're changing people's minds and showing them that they're really beautiful and you can spend time with them and you don't have to be scared. I love that. And, you know, I we are lucky
0: that you're out there with your camera, with everybody doing this, too, because you're giving us a window into a world that a lot of people don't get to look into. And the more we can see it, the more we can understand it. Those of us that are landlocked, um, you know, and I think it's just some of the most important work that can be done. So, you know, I, from my side, also want to thank you and Shark Allies for all the work you guys do, because it's tireless. You know, it's it's nobody's paying you to do it you know you do it because it's from your heart and you know that it needs to be done and you know you know that your kids want to have a decent environment in the future and every step that we take is an important aspect to saving the future for them. Um, Amy says I love sharks so much and love that you've devoted so much to protecting these precious and amazing creatures. Thank you. People need to be educated so that they can participate in helping sharks. Um, Which brings me to my next point. How... So if people are watching right now and they say, what, what can I do to get involved? I'd like to make a difference somehow. Um, you know, where, where
1: would you recommend
0: that people jump in and and give a hand?
1: Yeah. So I think, um, offering to, offering to volunteer Shark Allies or Oceana, um, would be a great start and, um, just watch as many, you know, shark docs as you can, as you can, and, uh, sort of figure out what the real issues are. I'm sure shark guardian Mel would love some help and support on her uh, mission to put an end to squaling being added to all the cosmetic products. There's a, there's a million ways that people can help sharks. And um, you can also just start really small. Just talk to your friends, just educate them. Anytime a story about the ocean comes up, just say, did you know that we kill over hundred million sharks a year and blah, blah, blah. You know, it always helps just change the, the, the mindset so that people can sort of soften up and warm up to these beautiful creatures before they're gone. You know, my big fear is that um, I won't be able to do this dive in Jupiter with my son when he turns 18, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and we need to act now. We don't have time. It's just like the same urgency as climate change. You know, sharks need help now. Or else, you know, the fin trade will wipe them out and we don't know what the ramifications will be. So um, there's a lot of little steps that you can you can do. And you can just go to the beach and plastic. You know, yeah. anything will help
0: it's a good point you know just from it picking up any plastic like you know as surfers we have a rule you have to pick up a bunch of plastic before you go in and when you're coming back out from the water as well
1: yeah that way you have good karma
0: and you actually get the wave exactly exactly before you enter the ocean you have to show a little respect one way or the other (laughs) always you know because it it is a living entity and it's such its own universe and i think that's another aspect where people get a little frightened you know because it's such it has its different kind of laws and they feel you know there's that fear of of the unknown yeah. so the more work that you do the more it brings that knowledge to us and the more it can help re-educate people for a better future
1: yeah there is an action alert i can tell people yes. to do right now tonight yes. so we have a lot of phone calls that need to be made to these senators by tomorrow morning so if people are feeling inspired right now as they're watching go to go to my Facebook page and uh, I posted where you know, you saw the, the video that um, you ran at the beginning of the show. There's a post on there and if you read halfway through down, there's an action alert with a list of about 15 senators that you can call. If you're a Floridian, all you have, they're not even gonna answer the phone. You just leave them a voicemail. It's super easy. You just click, call, and say, hello, my name is whatever, whatever, I'm from you know, Tampa, Florida, and I would kindly ask you to vote yes on bill SB 680. And so um, by making all those phone calls, even though nobody's answering, they are being recorded and documented, and that is forcing these legislators to you know, support our bill. So you can do that immediately tonight. Um, I've probably called 30, 40 senators in the past days, and it's due 10 minutes total, and you can get through a list of about 15 people, and in the end, you're like, okay, I did something today. You know, every day is a new day, and that just feels like a good, good win-win for everybody. I like that. I like that. And you know, it's
0: these the sharks really need this, and they really need your, you know, what you're doing. Yeah. So it's again, you know, and a lot of people are saying thank you so much. Um, you know, and a lot of people are very appreciative. I think on on behalf of the sharks, because you know, uh, SB six eighty support the bill. That's what Sherry says. Yeah. Yes, Sherry. And Sherry, yeah. um, just to make sure, you know what Wilson was saying and Michelle, everybody, Michelle said she will do, which means she's gonna start making the calls. So everybody that's watching, please go to Wilson McCourtney's page. I have it on the um, on the initial ad for this. I will put it back on as soon as we end the, the podcast or you can just look him up and go on there. He's got all the information listed. Make those phone calls. Your voice is important. We can make a difference. And mm-hmm. you know, Wilson, one thing you were saying that was important Is one big way we can change the future is by always talking if people bring up the ocean tell some real stories bring in some you know give them something to that they can learn about instead of just the things that they're always hearing from jaws and from the, the media and all these things you know and I think it's important because we are in a time where with the internet we are all the knowledge that each other needs to learn from and move forward so you know it's important that we educate ourselves and it's important that we help educate everybody around us for the love of each other and for the love of the planet so I I really
1: exactly and just go diving go snorkeling you don't have to go on one of these crazy shark dives in Jupiter or whatever you can take your kids down to the Florida Keys and just go to Penny Camp and go on a little snorkel and show them the coral reef. You're gonna inspire your children to be ocean conservationists, just like me and Eric, and that is where the big change will come. It all has to do with the next generation. And in Fighting for Sunshine, my film, at the end, I am going into a scene where I'm talking about handing off the planet to the next generation, and that's really the key here. I have two young boys, and and, um, basically, my. My big uh, dream in life is to make sure that when they're adults and they have their own family, they can still take their kids out and uh, see some gorgeous wildlife here in Florida, the way I do. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful.
0: I, I have a feeling they will, with all the effort that you guys are putting in. So,
1: yeah, I can tell you one thing: they're going to see on a dive. They're going to see a lot of plastic. So that's a different issue, <laughs> right? You know, so <laughs> we one at a time. But there's a. Lot of there's a lot of young, uh, new activists that are coming up, new shark lovers, new ocean conservationists, and they're incredible. And I've filmed with a few of them um, in the end of my documentary. So hopefully you guys will be able to meet those kids on the screen and just get inspired by them. And like I said, just take your kids diving, take your kids hiking, get them in nature, whatever it is, You know, take them to the beach more often, and uh, pick up some plastic and go for a swim and have fun. Exactly
0: exactly let them go enjoy it you know i mean there is nothing like that feeling of of getting in there and and seeing it like you said you can snorkel you don't even have to go very far you know and you can see all kinds of beautiful other world you know and yeah yeah. and it's you know now is an important time that we need to not be afraid of that other world and we need to bring that other world into us because we are destroying it in so many different fashions Um, but you know, the one thing we need to do right now is to help the populations, especially these endangered animals, but to help the populations rebound and they can, and by the bill that you're working on, uh, it's going to help because that is going to give them a chance. It's going to give the population a break from the pressures that are just driving it into extinction right now. And
1: again, I want to really thank you for all these efforts because you are changing the future. Yeah. Mother Earth is very resilient. Yeah. You know she will bounce back but she needs grace and she needs time and she needs us to hit the pause button on all these destructive behaviors that we have so that's the hope that's the good news good news you know it's re- it's really easy for conservationists to get bummed out and depressed like every time you turn around there's some other issue that's just heinous and disgusting and just like rubs you the wrong way but really we just have to keep our eyes on the prize exactly. and and know that um, we do the next right thing uh, we'll give Mother Earth that grace and that time to heal, and then things will bounce back rather quickly. You know, and I, I think that's, I love how you
0: said that, too, because it will, it will come back, you know, if we can just find ways to not, just to leave it alone. You know, and we, there's so many great examples of fish populations that have resurged, and, you know, watching Mission Blue, I really liked how Sylvia Earle talked about, and I always talk about this in, in conservation in all aspects, we need hope spots. You know, they're not hot spots, they're hope spots, because... Yeah they are they can rebound and we have to we are led to believe in a lot of ways that we can't do anything to help the environment maybe we can vote somebody in or whatever but in fact we actually do have the power to make a big change and you know what we need are just uh answers and solutions or ideas and i think that that's very important too often it is a doom and gloom kind of conservation approach it's just too easy for so many people and uh you know i think what i like is that you're focused on the hope spot as well. You know, finding solutions and finding handles to let all of us come
1: in and and help with the problem and
0: help lift it up and and change it.
1: Yeah, because, yeah, it's all hands on deck right now. We need everybody involved. We need to care about the plant. And, um, you know, it's, it's the best playground in the world, really, the ocean. And all the beautiful nature that we have here in Florida so it's a win-win for everybody and you're just gonna look back at your life when it's all said and done this is the big takeaway for me is that I, I this is what gives me strength to fight every day I always say I want to look back at my life when it's all said and done and said I showed up to make a difference and I'll be the most proud of that it won't be how much money I made or how big of a house I had or how many SUVs in the driveway it'll be did I help sharks? Did we pass this legislation? Did I, you know, was I very vocal about, you know, ocean conservation? Those will be the things that I'll remember. And I think rings true for most people on the planet as well. Perfectly said, yes. Beautifully said.
0: I agree hundred percent. That's gonna be, you know, that is the most important. Um, I just, I see Molly says, uh, support your work and we'll definitely call. Sherry said, it's time to become a hyper activist, get involved in love nature. It's the only thing we can truly leave to our children. And uh, Mitch, Michelle says upsetting when many continually said the planet is dead. Yeah. And that's the thing is people are too focused on that negativity. So, you know, everybody, uh, I'm very excited. Make sure to go to Wilson's page. He's a very inspirational filmmaker and he's got a positive outlook and one of the many solution offers out there and one of the best conservationists and I know as I said Wilson I'm a fan of your shooting I'm a fan of your work and I can't wait to see this documentary also and everybody make sure to um, to go to that link and go check out that documentary as well we're all going to be waiting to watch it and it's going to be important because we need these kinds of conversations happening so I just wanted to thank you again for all your work and thank you for being on the show today man I learned so much from talking to you today um and that's the most incredible part about conservation There's always more to learn you know yeah yeah it's super fun all right thanks a lot man talk soon all right and there we are everybody it was an incredible incredible show today i couldn't believe we had wilson mccourtney on Uh, please go to his web uh, go to his uh facebook page or go to his um, Dream Reef Cinema website because it is some of the most beautiful work you will see. Um, it, absolutely incredible, and the guy has so much passion, and he's making a change. So, and Michelle, thank you. Um, and yes, uh, Mitch sent Wilson a friend request. Great. Oh, hey Kim, nice to see you. And uh, yeah, Kim, if uh, I don't know if, if you guys have been able to check out the whole episode or not, but Wilson did have a call to action. And again, if everybody can go this evening to Wilson's Facebook page, check out what's happening with this shark finning bill. Call these senators, put some pressure on them. Remember he is offering solutions. So what he's saying is, you know what, we can stop this. Just make these phone calls. So, you know, again, we do have the power and even though we're meant to feel powerless or we're meant to feel overwhelmed by a lot of negative stories or getting a flood of negativity when it comes to conservation, remember that we are the cure, you know, yeah, maybe we are the virus, but we're also the cure. (laughs) And so that's all that matters because one Wilson McCourtney. Can take down a hundred thousand bad guys, and I mean that, and I've seen it in the field, and it is. And as long as we all stay together and we work together, we are going to change everything as it is, because we are all at the point where we're done tolerating it. And um, so, anyway, today was an incredible episode uh, for me. It was very, very exciting to have Wilson on please go check him out and I'm going to put some more links down there. And I want to thank everybody for being here this week. Uh, I know I was gone for a few weeks and uh, it was a really fantastic to be back and see everybody, see everybody's names and comments. And uh, Molly it's good to see you on here again too. And uh, all my friends as well that, you know, a lot of good familiar faces and some new, new names that I haven't seen before. So it's always exciting when that happens on an episode here. So if you can, um, you know, we're going to be back next week on Facebook and on YouTube. I will put the link down there. Please go to the YouTube channel, click on subscribe to make sure you don't miss anything. And thank you all for tuning in. As I always say, it's our will. Let's talk about it.